the most powerful, pivotal, pivotal moments in my life came from surrender. And that is rooted in the divine feminine. And so surrender, I feel like it's just part of the journey and we'll continue to have those moments, but those moments are so powerful. And I think we often feel that we're at our weakest or our lowest or at our worst right before we embrace that surrender. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, hey, Bettys, welcome back to Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. And this week's conversation is with Serena Poon. She is a celebrity chef, a certified nutritionist, and a Reiki master. Who would have thought that those three things go together? So Serena is a certified Reiki master. She is a uh, member of the International Association of Reiki Professionals, a degree from UC Berkeley, and a graduate of Le Cordon Bleu's most intense and comprehensive programming called Le Grand Diplôme. And Serena and I had a wonderful conversation around how we can use nutrition as a proxy for healing. And you may think that Reiki has nothing to do with this. And we haven't really spoken about Reiki that much on the podcast, if at all. And we really went through the different chakras. So the different energetic centers in the body, or the at least the seven main ones, and then how we can use certain foods to help unlock and to help activate each of these chakras chakras. So Serena mentioned that there are many uh, more chakras than the seven that we talked about, but we talked about the main ones running through basically the midline of the body. So the root chakra, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus, the heart chakra, the throat chakra, one that I struggle with a lot, uh, crown and, uh, and the third eye. So we were talking about all the different foods that can help to activate these energetic meridians. And she talked a lot about her own personal stories. So what brought her to health and healing with tragedy in her own family, her father, her mother's health challenges, and her own. And we had a wonderful conversation around some of the things that she's learned through those experiences. And we got into a conversation around women, the pandemic, setting boundaries, self-esteem, self-love. And it was just a absolutely delightful conversation. And we spoke about what her self-care routine is. You know, if you can imagine 
uh, you know, chefs, you know, being a chef, I think is primarily a male dominated industry. So first of all, being a woman, a female chef, I think is unique in and of itself. But how does she now honor her own boundaries, honor her own self-care? Because it's very easy as a very driven woman to ignore when your body is crying out for you. And Serena talks beautifully about how she has come to that place of understanding. And she is a work in progress, as we all are. And we talk about some of her practices and her rituals as well. Overall, I think that you are really going to love this conversation. This is one definitely to share with your girlfriends so you can have some enlightening conversations around how we can set boundaries, how we can eat for energy, and how we can love ourselves like we mean it. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Serena Poon. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms, and here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause, and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Chef Serena Poon, I am so excited to welcome you to the Better Podcast. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm just really grateful to be here. Yeah. And we were having a lot of fun in the, in the pre-chat and I said, we should just probably get this started because this is a lot of fun girl chat. We're talking about our hair, talking about all that stuff. Um, we're going to talk about your body of work, which I'm really excited to explore today. But before we get there, Mm -hmm. I always am very interested in how people come into the work that they do. There's often very meaningful stories and, or, um, you know, aha moments, if you will, where we, we've, we realized that maybe potentially the path that we were, I mean, I know this is for me anyway, the path Mm -hmm. that we were, you know, that we had mapped out in our heads, all the logics and all the algorithms maybe is not exactly what we should be doing. And in just in my research, I was telling you in the pre-chat, just in my Mm -hmm. research year, you have a very, um, there's a lot of moments, a lot of stuff in your, in your history that I wanted to maybe unpack for my Bettys. Those are the fans of the better podcast so that they can get to know you a little better. And then we can kind of dive in a little bit after that. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds like fun. I'm here and I'm, I'm just uh, grateful for the the space you've created for me to share. So, uh, so yeah, when it comes to how I got into what I'm doing right now, it's just, that journey began with my parents. So, you know, both my parents had cancer and for my daddy, he was so young. He was diagnosed, you know, he was almost 47 when he was diagnosed and it was stage four cancer at the time. I was still in college, it was my senior year. And 
You know, it was something that he already had an awareness in terms of um, his genetics. His grandpa had also passed of the same thing. He, it was staged for liver cancer. He had a blood disease, so he was hepatitis B. He kept track of it as an adult. Every six months, he would go in. And then somehow between two six-month checkups, he went from, you know, given the green, th you know, the thumbs up, green light, you're fine, to, wow, you're stage four. And, um, and so that just, it, it shifted my whole life and, and it kept shifting, you know? So here I thought, oh, my dad's gonna, he's only gonna be around for another five years. I've got to like graduate, be a doctor, get married, have babies, like do all the things. And in reality, his, his you know, diagnosis was for less than that, but they didn't, my parents, you know, didn't share that at the time. So he fought really hard for about a year and three months and then he transitioned and then, and he was 48. And then two months after he passed, our mom was diagnosed with a rare form of ovarian cancer and she was 45 at the time. So very young, just, 48 oh, so and 45. Young. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with my mom's side, no history of cancer on her side of the family. It literally came from stress, you know, because from the growth of the tumors, they can sort of like date back to when they started and they started when uh, um, my dad was at his sickest, you know, when he was dying. And so that just, you know, I, I'm first generation Chinese American. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be an attorney. That was like part of the promise I made to my daddy, you know, um, was that I would go on and go to law school. I was poli-sci, pre-law at Berkeley and just witnessing the experience and just realizing that everything like we were doing all these things we we're doing chemo and radiation and even some chinese teas and some chinese medicine and nothing was really working and seeing how there was so there just wasn't a focus on food and nutrition and these different herbs and plants so that's what i started to dive into and then that became the foundation of what i do you know i went on to I studied nutrition college, but just really as an interest as a foodie, you know, but then after this experience with my parents, I decided to go to culinary school to study food as medicine and then continue to study nutrition. And interestingly enough, along the way, I ended up having so many of my own health issues, um, which stemmed ironically from the same reasons why I think my parents had health issues, stress, you know, and like not really having like a strong self-care practice. And so my own levels of inflammation were so high. I ended up having to have a surgery to remove some damaged tissue from all this inflammation. And that resulted in me getting MRSA. So that's MRSA. It's a deadly staph infection resistant to almost all um, antibiotics except for a few of them. And then that became my healing journey. You know, over the next eight plus years, I had a total of eight surgeries to try and get rid of this MRSA. Um, where was, so where was the MRSA? Where was it? The MRSA was in my chest. So I, I don't go into detail into, into that many in that many interviews, but it was in my chest. So it was, it was, we thought it was in my breast tissue, but it ended, and I had, I mean, I had surgery after surgery, just cutting that tissue out, like your own tissue, and then having to have tissue grafted in. And it turned out that that MRSA had just sort of made a little home for itself in my milk ducts. So I had an amazing, I had an incredible team, you know, who did my last two surgeries. They weren't, I hadn't discovered them in the beginning, all women. Um, one was a breast oncologist and she was able to go in and 
take those out. I think she left just a few, you know, on my left side. And I've been free and clear since as far as we know. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy about that. But that's kind of where it was buried. So it was close to my heart, to my chest, definitely a, a dangerous, you know, bacteria. And, uh, you know, there, after one of my surgeries, I actually had to have a pick line, um, which is like a surgically it's like a, it's like an IV that they surgically put in you and they, they weave, they weave the, the, the IV in, you know, in through your vein, like a major artery up through, up from your, from your arm, up to your shoulder, down to your heart so that the medication goes directly to your heart. Um, so that was, so all of this is just part of the journey. And along that way, I, I realized how important it was that while I'm taking care of everyone else, I'm taking care of myself as well. Um, and then of course, dived into my spiritual growth and um, my personal growth all, all from this. Uh, so that's, that's really kind of brought me where I am now. And it's how I created cult uh, culinary alchemy. And it's why the tagline for just add water, one of my brands is simplify your self care. I mean, that's really like a reminder for myself constantly because you know it's entrepreneurs and you know high achievers you're you're constantly kind of like shifting that that self-care you know down a notch up a notch down a notch and it's a reminder for me that it like it's really not the hardest just make it really simple and make sure that this is your priority at some point you know this is a priority during your day that's incredible. And I think, um, as an entrepreneur, uh, as a high achieving former yeah. recovering type a personality, yeah. I completely, <laughs> I completely resonate with what you're saying because I, mm -hmm. you know, we have these big wins that we've been striving for and pushing mm -hmm. for and I'm like, okay, it's here. Yay. Now what's the next thing? Yeah. You know, we, we don't take time to slow down and have that celebratory moment where we take yeah. it all in and say, look what we've done. Look at how far we don't, we don't want to ever look back. I think that yeah. we're always like, okay, we've achieved this. So now what's the next thing on the horizon? Like there's mm. no dopamine that we spend. Like we're just like, mm. nah, okay, it's done. Next thing. Yeah. There's so little, there's so little of that acknowledgement. And yet I would say that for most of us, most of most, not even whether you're an entrepreneur or a high peak performer or high achiever, I think for most of us, it's acknowledgement of someone else comes so easily. Yes. You know, it's so easy for me to look at you and like, this, this is so amazing what you've done and what you're doing, the work that you do and the impact you have and the community that you create, how many women you're helping, just how many people you're helping. So easy for me to, to see that and acknowledge it and give it that energy. Um, and I'm sure you're the same, but then, you know, when we, when we, when we have to, when we put ourselves in that seat, it that that for some reason that acknowledgement doesn't doesn't come as easily, or you know, or, or we kind of put it aside. And so, you know, it's just it's just a reminder. You know, it's just a reminder. Yeah, and it's great. I, this is one of the questions that I often will, you know, if I'm coaching some, whether it's a group setting or it's a it's a you know one on one um, coaching scenario. It's like, okay, I want you to name five things that are stunning about yourself. Yeah, you know, and they're like, yeah, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> like I could, I could do it about you. Like I could yes. say it about my sister, my mom, my, yes. you know, but for me, no, that's like, that's that, yeah. that question. I don't want to even get near that question. So it's, yeah, it's so interesting that we have this discomfort about it. And I feel that especially with women, you know, it's, we're so uncomfortable with that. And it's interesting that you do that with your clients. I actually do something similar for myself and with my own and just in my community. And I have a, you know, we have our gratitude journals, right? We have our gratitude journals, our manifestation journals, you know, like our productivity journals. I have an I am grateful for me journal, you know, and it's where you write down all the things about you that you're grateful for that are amazing, that are wonderful. And it's really hard for people to do at first. And so I say, write down what the people that love you would say about you and just kind of get started, you know? So what would your parents, your best friend, like the people who love you and, and that sometimes it is your, sometimes it's your soul family. Sometimes it's your biological, whoever it is, just people that love you in your life. What would they say about you and start there and just write like five things down. Like I am, um, you know, I am smart with food. I, I know nutrition. I am, you know, powerful, I am, whatever it is, and just start writing that down. And then you start to get into this flow and you're sort of like, okay, so I am those things. And then you can start adding a few more things to that list. And it's just so powerful that, and I do this with Connor Alchemy, I do this with food and I can share this later, but it's just making that energetic connection from your mind and your heart to your physical body because you're writing pen to paper, you know, it's your hand, your handwriting, like that physiology, that physical connection with your emotional body, with your mental body, with your, your spiritual body, like making these acknowledgements. And then later on, when you're having those tough days, when you're beating yourself up, you know, you can go back through the pages of this book and it serves as a reminder, especially if you're not, if you're not someone that's going to pick up the phone right away and call someone that's going to uplift you. Um, although that's a really good idea too. Uh, you you have this little book, you have this journal, and these are the things that you are and what make you amazing. And so it's just a great reminder. And then after a time, you'll have pages of it. So it's a great like boost if you've got like an interview or, you know, a podcast or just something where you have to really feel like you were all these things. And you go to you, you go to the I am grateful for me book um, and you do that. And you remember who you are, right? Yeah. Because I think that when you are nervous, let's say about a podcast or a presentation, or you're mm-hmm. about to put yourself outside your comfort zone in whatever way yeah. that is, I think that you can be, it's very easy to be consumed by the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of mm-hmm. all these core wounds that we all have. We're all more yeah. alike than we are different. But I love that affirmation or that gratitude journal. I'm grateful for me journal. I think that's brilliant Mm -hmm. because then Mm -hmm. you remember who you are and it's like, actually I have ever, I am, I am here with a servant's heart to help as many Mm people, you know, in your case, to help as many people as I can, you know, heal their relationship with food and help to bring this not only on a physiological level, but on a, you know, subatomic resonant quantum physics level. Yeah. 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 So it's powerful. It's like a very simple practice, but you know, and it works for everything. So, yeah. And so you, so you, de- you detail this, you know, so your parents, uh, unfortunately get very sick. You're studying 
are you in culinary school while well, your own health issues, this, the, this eight year, yeah. like the tissue that's being cut out oh, and the MRSA yeah. that's happening while you're in school? No, it was right after school. So it was, um, I was, it was right after school. It, during school is sort of like the buildup, you know, where the inflammation's there, not really addressing it. And also making the assumption that certain things we, we so easily readjust our baseline. So whether it's pain or any type of discomfort, you know, we kind of adjust ourselves to, to just sort of um, be okay with it. And then, and then, and then our baseline shifts. So when I was in culinary school, you know, I would, I would get sick, like every, I would get sick after Christmas, you know, it was almost like systematic because during the holidays as a chef, you know, and, and, and if you cater, like that's, that is the bulk of your entire year's income is during the holiday season. So from like November to the end of December and you're working crazy hours and it's physical and it's exertion on every level. And it was almost, and, and so, you know, you're, you're running on adrenaline, you know, you're running on these hormones that your body's pumping through to kind of get you going, which a lot of us do when we're high achievers. Um, and then you take a moment to take a break and then your body's like, oh, this is a window that I needed. Let me and show her how hard sick. she worked me. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. And so I would get sick and it was just, it was almost like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get sick around the time of the year. I just know, or the way your back hurts or the way your body hurts and just, you're not feeling quite well, but it kind of just goes with the territory, you know? And, and so the, this, the, dis, the discovery of the, well, the MRSA, it wasn't a discovery. It, it happened um, pretty much. I got it from the OR, you know, so I had gone in to have some of this tissue removed because it was like, you know, the fascia can harden and so the scarring, the scar tissue, which is basically happens from high levels of inflammation. It was so bad um, that it, it literally had to be removed. So it was in that process and coming out of it, somehow I got MRSA, which is interesting because a, a lot of the times people do get those type of bacterial infections from somewhere like a hospital, you know, or a clinic. It does, it does happen um, more often than we realize, even though that is a very sterile environment. So that's where I got it. And then it just became a journey to try and get it out. Right. And to, you know, to your point around being stressed, I think that there's an argument here for, you know, the, is it, is it the virus or is it the terrain, right? We've, we've mm -hmm. heard of, you know, the terrain theory, which is there's yeah. all these viruses everywhere all the time, but if the terrain is ripe for that virus, so there's 100%. stress and inflammation, then yeah. they'll be like, Hey, let's all go to this party because this yeah. is where, this is where it's at. Yeah. And I know you're, you're too modest. You, you've said culinary school a couple of times, but I believe it's the cordon bleu that you studied at. Yes. 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 So this yes. is like the NBA of, of cooking, <laughs> like of culinary school. So I would, I can imagine, you know, the type of stress that you're under in oh, terms of yeah. the rigor that the te that your teachers and that the schooling system is already requiring of you, you graduate and now you're doing this very high intense, short Delta, very concentrated, this November to December, January, mm -hmm. uh, work. Um, and, um, and so there are cultural pressures too, you know, like right. absolutely, because, you know, I was supposed to go to law school. It was part of my dad's dying wish and it was part of that promise I made. And instead I chose to go to culinary school, which for my family, and I'm sure you're very familiar with it. You know, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer, a CPA, 
an astronaut. I mean, be something respectable, right? You've dishonored uh, your family. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I chose what they considered at the time to be a very blue collar. You have this high level of education and now you're going to go work in a kitchen and serve people. You know, I mean, it was, they weren't very happy with that decision, you know, and I actually, I hid that decision from them until I'd already taken all the loans because at that point I had already gotten my bachelor's. And so it wasn't a master's. It was like a, it's, um, it's a specialty school. Um, so I was taking out loans and it's just almost like you charged culinary school on your credit card. And so I waited until I'd done that before I told my mom, because I knew I would be talked out of it. I knew if I told my family, which they still tried. And I said, it's too late. Um, I've already made this commitment. And it was interesting because even after I graduated from culinary school, now I'm working as a chef, um, you know, my relatives would still say, if someone's like my grandparents who I adore, but you know, if there's, Oh, you're going to like, Oh, what did she do? Oh, she's still in school. So I was still in school for like four years, you know, after, <laughs> after, because that sounded better than, than saying, Oh, she's a, she's a cook, you know? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I come from a Lebanese background, like part Portuguese, part Lebanese is my mm-hmm. heritage. And just knowing the middle Eastern, that sort of eight, like if you're not a doctor, as you said, yeah. or a lawyer, you've disgraced mm-hmm. a family. Like this is yeah. not, something that we, you know, you have to be a lawyer, you have to be a Mm -hmm. pilot, you have to be a something of respect, you know, that your, that your mother can basically talk and tell everybody, well, my daughter is a, you know, (laughs) that's really what it's for. Right. So she can have bragging rights. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of stress from that as well, you know, just sort of feeling like, okay, I, I, did I make the right choice? I feel like I did, but it's not, you know, my, my family isn't happy about it. Did I dishonor my dad? You know, I, 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 I broke this promise. I've got to make this work. I've got to be the best, you know, at this, like it was, you know, more than just proving it to myself, it was proving it to them. And then at the same time in that, in that effort to do all that, like losing sight of like, why I was there in the first place, you know, like I'm here in the first place to understand food is medicine, just to see how I can use this to learn the arts to make food beautiful but still be healing and medicine and not like okay you know with how doctor it's it's the health industry and medical industry is evolving thank goodness you know and it's changed so much in in the course of my career but at the time you know it was sort of like have an egg Oh, you don't feel good? Like have some bread. Like that Not the yolk diet. though. Don't have the yolk. Yeah. 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 It was like, oh, you're a little nauseous. It's the bread, applesauce. I can't even remember like what brat oh, stood yeah, for, well, but like, yes, do you remember yes, that? Yes. yes. Um, toast, but yeah, I mean that, yeah. yeah, toast or, you know, something. And it was, oh yeah, that's what it was. It was like banana, something, applesauce, toast. I mean, that was like what they were telling our dad to have. And, and so, and so you know, it definitely, it was, it, it was navigating a lot of that, just like trying to not, trying to have a sense of self, right? And especially in a culture where it's very strong, uh, like that you have an elder or that the culture kind of decides who you are, right? So to try to, going from like, you know, you're the white sheep to black sheep. And, you know, I think that happens a lot as people sort of try to embrace and honor what their own callings are. Um, especially in, in, I would say in all cultures really. Um, so yeah, so a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of information and not, um, supporting it, you know, not really addressing it or supporting it. 
And so your inkling towards nutrition, this was born mm-hmm. out of, you know, was it, did, did your family, was there a lot of tradition and love around the kitchen and around food? So I'm, I'm, mm. I'm curious to, you know, yeah. if you see your father and your mother have these diagnoses at horrendously young ages, where, yeah. where does the, um, whether it's thought or intuition come from that maybe nutrition might be the answer? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a great question. I, I think it's, a lot of it is it's cultural. It's also like, you know, that, that point in our history of understanding the impact of nutrition. So our family, we have a family of foodies, you know, the kitchen has always been sort of the center of the home. And uh, so, I mean, it, like people would definitely just stand around eating the kitchen as opposed to like go to the living room or go to the dining room and sit down and eat. And so that's always been there. That energy of love and healing from food has always been there. And I think that especially as Chinese, you know, you there's some, there's a pretty good balance. There's vegetables, there's meats, but what there wasn't an awareness of was maybe all these sauces and spices and how things are prepared and the packaging that things come in and whether or not it's organic or not organic and modified or not. And I know that there was definitely no awareness of that in my family while growing up. And so, you know, for me, it was literally just watching my parents and feeling like there has to be more answers than chemo, you know, or radiation. Like there has to be more. And it it can't be just, you know, that my dad has to have an egg and that's like, that's his, that's his option for the day, you know, or for the week or whatever it is. And so, so diving into nutrition, finding alternatives and other options really just, it just came from me trying to find a way to help them in some way, like at least alleviate symptoms, even if it wasn't. And our, our mom is still with us, you know, she's okay, even though she had this really rare, kind of like a case study situation with her cancer. Um, it just felt like I just had such a strong pull that told me there's more, like there's more, there are other ways. There's just things that you don't know yet. There's things that you do is, is not in front of us. And so that's, that's for me where the passion came from, just knowing, and this belief and the belief came from my father, actually, you know, that the human body is just this incredible machine. And we have, you know, we have the ability to heal and we forget that. I, I was actually, I had a conversation just yesterday with a friend of mine. We're both in the health and wellness space. Um, and I just said, you know, of course, we're talking about the climate of now and, you know, we're we're in this this period of COVID, right? And And I said, you know, I just feel like as a species, you know, we have somehow lost reverence for our bodies, you know, um, our physical bodies, our mental bodies, our emotional bodies, but definitely our physical bodies that we just, we really just sort of take it for granted that it works. We do very little, we, we do, if we did nothing at all, like our bodies would function on a little bit of food, a little bit of water, you know, and a tiny bit of movement. And we would still live to be well into, you know, like our 70s or 80s probably, right? Um, And yet we forget that. We forget that we go to sleep at night and our body knows how to detox and cleanse itself. Every organ system goes through that. And then we wake up and we're alive. We wake up and we we release, you know, the toxins that are cleaned up in our bodies and our cells the night before. And it just works. And all our bodies 
need is just a, a, some tools, some guidance, some simple tools, basic things to kind of help it along the way. And, and that has been, that's been part of my learning, you know, and why when I work with people on our programs, it's actually much more simple. It's or much simpler than you realize that it is. It's just, it's honoring the different parts of our body, you know, honoring that physical body, figuring out what's going on inside, looking at all your labs, honoring your, your, your energetic body, you know, your spiritual body and those energy centers, honoring your emotional body. Um, so, yeah, so I think that that also came from my dad. Just, he was a microbiologist. There was a book, a coffee table book, I think it's still at my mom's house somewhere but it was just like i think it was called the incredible machine and um and i just remember that book when my dad was sick when my mom was sick i just remember that book and you know it was a lot of anatomy but it was just the notion that we are built so perfectly and we have what we need to heal and sometimes we just need a few tools um so yeah so yeah i feel i feel like it came from that time but it really it came from those little imprints that happened. It's a beautiful word, reverence. I, I too share that honoring of our system. I've many times talked on the podcast where, you know, I have wearables, like I wear my aura ring or I have sometimes yeah. I'll wear a CGM, you know, monitor. And mm -hmm. for example, I'll work out, let's say fasted. And then mm -hmm. I'll check my after, you know, I've had maybe a cup of coffee or something and then I'll, mm -hmm. you know, go and work out. And then when I go and look at my CGM, I'll see my glucose spike, but knowing mm -hmm. that I haven't had any glucose, but my body was like, you know what? girl, you need some quick. So my body yeah. will make through the process of gluconeogenesis will yeah. make the glucose that it needs. And, mm -hmm. you know, just to, to piggyback on what you're saying, I do think that there has been a loss of, you know, chiropractors would call it the innate intelligence, right? This, yeah. this um, unseen force, if you will, that drives, yes. you know, you and I, you know, if you've eaten today, your body is digesting the foods that you yes. ate, you, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's a green smoothie or it's a full meal or whatever it is, we have a certain neural tone that's keeping, I'm standing mm -hmm. right now, you're sitting, like it's a certain posture, mm -hmm. our blood pressure is being regulated without us thinking about it. Yes. You know, my muscles yes in my mouth are in order to make these words, there's a lot mm -hmm. of neural, there's a lot of activity going on there. And these, we are an, such a spectacular species. And yeah. I think that, um, you said something that I really liked, which was, um, our emotional, well, we often will disconnect. And I still think this is very true in, in more of a traditional allopathic, traditional medical paradigm where mm -hmm. we tend to see one problem and we mm -hmm. say, Oh, look at this big spider web. I'm just going to take this one little string out of the spider right. web. I'm going to treat that little bit, mm -hmm. but not for example, look at our mental health, look at our yeah. mental resilience, our emotional well-being and how those things impact our physicality. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I, I think I've spoken to um, uh, a lot of uh, uh, people who have studied indigenous cultures, for example, mm -hmm. and they will often say that it is the spiritual body the emo it is the spiritual body that is sick first. Mm -hmm. And then we see this physical sickness manifest many yes. years later. And you've said that in, instead of your own ways with like yes. the stress that your parents uh, and mm -hmm. you yourself experienced mm -hmm. and then leading to these physical manifestations of mm -hmm. the stress. Yes. 
100%. I mean, that's how our body speaks to us, you know, is through these physical manifestations. And I think that just the way we are wired, we're wired for survival. You know, our body, our bodies, our bodies will continue to adjust, you know, which each little like discomfort, each little nuance, each little tweak, our bodies adjust to kind of give us the homeostasis that we think that it is that we need, right? And so when it comes to the point where our body's screaming, you know, where where something will manifest into a problem, it it, it people think it, it's the last meal they had, the last thing that they did, you know, it's right. an overnight thing. Nothing is an overnight thing. It takes time. Um, but yeah, that is basically the language that our our physical body speaks. That's it's by way of, you know, discomforts and and can be disease, but it can also be joyful because we have beautiful feelings, euphoric feelings that have that you know we can sense in our physical bodies as well, right? When we have some, when our emotional bodies are feeling that, so you know, it kind of goes both ways. But it's just how tuned in are we to that, and like how like what level of understanding and appreciation do we have for that language? And then really understanding that, as you said, it just all, it works in synergy. You know, our bodies, we do, you know, with allopathic medicine, there is this separation, but everything, and that's just my belief and why with culinary alchemy, for me, it's integrative, it's functional um, on every level. And it's, it's pulling in that spiritual uh, aspect of it too. So when I say integrative, functional and spiritual nutrition, like this is what I'm talking about. You know, it's feeding the physical body, but also your soul body um, because they, they, they one affects the other always. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. Well, let's, let's double click on that because I think that that is an important conversation to have. I've had lots of doctors on the podcast and we've Mm. geeked out on mechanism and we've talked about pathways and all of that stuff, which is all important. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I think an extra layer of uh, healing and or wizardry maybe uh, that you bring Mm -hmm. is this idea of spiritual healing. I know that you are a Mm -hmm. Reiki master. Mm-hmm. And this is not something I've actually discussed on the pod. So I'm very excited to bridge this topic with you. Yeah. Um, how you, how you can blend, you know, this culinary alchemy as you, as you call it, mm-hmm. um, the energetics, um, mm-hmm. with the physicality. So can mm-hmm. we, can we talk a little bit about what Reiki is, sure. um, and what the process, you know, how do you become a master? And then mm-hmm. maybe we can, we can blend, we can start to, we can start to pull in how food plays a part in, um, in healing as well. Yes. No, wonderful questions. Thank you so much. Uh, so, so Reiki for, for those of you out there who aren't familiar, it's, 
it's like a spiritual healing art. Um, it's rooted in Japanese origin. And the word Reiki in Japanese actually means like universal life. So Rei means universal life and Ki means energy. So it basically means universal life force energy. And, and basically what you're doing, and I, I kind of, Reiki is sort of like my way of doing it. And I combine, I have training in pranic healing and quantum, quantum touch as well. But a lot of people have their own ways of moving energy, so to speak. And this is, if you believe that energy makes up everything and that's, and that's like, physics, you know, it's quantum physics. So, so with Reiki, what you're, what a practitioner is doing is basically you're, you're, you're like a conduit, you know, it's almost like you're channeling that universal energy with intention to um, a specific destination. So it can be a place in a person's body. It can even be um, distally. So it can, you can, you can direct that energy um, to someone who's not even in the room to with you. So, and I did that, you know, I've been doing, I, I have done it since I trained, but during COVID it was profoundly healing for so many people because we were, we were separated and we were quarantined. Um, and I think that people need tangibles. And so for me, food is that vehicle, you know, I use, food and supplements as that vehicle to kind of get people to understand the power of drawing that energy into your own body. And it's really by way of food. But when we were, when we were all quarantined during COVID, there are really limited options, right? And so it just kind of opened people up and that openness and that um, willingness to kind of receive whatever, whether or not your belief system is rooted in that thought or not, just to be open people actually felt the shifts energetically in their bodies um, when we did some distal work. So that's Reiki. And it, I know it sounds like, you know, almost too esoteric and something that's hard for people to grasp. There's so many different ways people um, kind of channel and move that energy, right? And there's, because we're talking about like chi, whether you're not, if you understand it as prana, right? Or chi, it's just life force energy. And so universal energy is sort of like what's outside of your body, what's outside of your life force, but everything is connected. So again, I use Reiki. Other people have other energy modalities that they use to kind of move that flow. Um, and with Reiki, it's when you say, how do you say you become a Reiki master? It's, it's no different really than, than having other studies, you know, and having mastery at that, like you, you, you study the traditions and the, and the books and all the teachings, and then you practice, practice, practice. Um, there are people, I think that try and do that in a weekend, you know, or, or over a couple months for me, it took me a few years because you, it really comes with practice. As it should. As yeah. it should. Yeah. Yeah. And you can feel, and honestly, I, it's something that I think that we can all do because we're all energy beings, you know, I mean, if you even just rub your hands together and held them a couple inches apart and just focused on that and the listeners can do that, like you will be able to feel the energy that emanates from your palms, you know, the energy that's, that is surrounding you know, your hands and then the energy is coming out of your hands. You can feel it. And so it's just understanding the teachings and knowing how to, with intention, direct that energy to a place that needs healing, you know, or where there may be blocks. So for some people, 
you can have physical healing from it. You know, there can be um, pain or discomfort that's alleviated. Uh, I commonly, I often address the chakra system and that's, and that is, um, you know, kind of like the foundation for what I do with culinary alchemy, part of the foundation. And some people may not know what a chakra is, you know, and so let's define chakra, that. Let's define yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, yeah. what is a chakra? A chakra. So, there's many chakras. Um, I just kind of focus on the seven basic ones. So, there's just there's seven different major energy centers that run throughout our body. You know, from like the base, the base of your spine. So, kind of like think about like where your where your tailbone is, um, all the way up to the crown of your head. And this is basically where energy sort of flows in and out in this constant stream. It's like the energy, the energy within your body and then the energy from like the universe. So again, if we're all energy, it all kind of meshes and flows together. And these are all so, central. These are all yeah, like central. Okay. All central. And so, and so with these energy centers, they kind of align with your organ systems, you know, and that's what we don't, you know, it's, 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 this is Ayurvedic, this is Chinese, this is like ancient, ancient, ancient um, knowledge um, that sometimes we kind of forget along the way. And so, you know, starting with that first chakra, that's called your root chakra. And that, and, and what I love about the chakras is that they've sort of been identified by colors. You know, they, they go across the colors of the rainbow, the spectrum, and it's in perfect alignment with what I see as all the beautiful vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients that come from whole foods that are gifted to us from like mother earth, right? Um, and that spectrum of micronutrients, that spectrum of phytonutrients, spectrum of vitamins and minerals, they feed our physical body. So, you know, one of the easiest things I tell people if they're trying to make a shift is like eat the rainbow. And it sounds silly, and it sounds like something you tell a child and you think Skittles, so not Skittles, you know, but it is just an easy way to make sure you've checked off a whole list of different vitamins, minerals, fundamental, fundamental nutrients that your body needs because they're found in all these different plants, um, whole, you know, vegetables, fruits, grains. And then of course, if you are, if you do consume animal protein, they, there's um, nutrients in that as well. So, so with the chakra system, because they're in alignment with all our different organ systems, and I, I have like this chart that I like give clients and it makes it easy for them to remember, you know, that your root chakra governs from, in terms of your emotional body, um, your stability, you know, feeling like your stress levels and your anxiety levels and feeling really grounded with where you are, with who you are, with where you are in this world. And that's your root chakra. So that's really about security. And that governs like the lower half of your body, you know, like your 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 legs, your bones, your, your blood, your cells, um, those muscles, everything kind of like from that area of your body and down. And if you think about it, you know, one of the best things that you can do when you wanna ground yourself is to stand up and plant your feet, you know, into the earth, um, into like the sand or the water or the, or the soil, or if you can't do that, even if you're in your own living room, just like just firmly putting your feet on the ground, that practice kind of, it can calm down your nervous system. So when you're eating foods that are in alignment for supporting that, 
I tell people to reach for root vegetables, you know, vegetables, fruits that resonate with the color of that chakra, the energy frequency of that chakra, which would be, you know, red and they're mineral dense, you know, tons of magnesium and root vegetables and vegetables that house that color. Um, and that actually helps, as you know, um, they're precursors for calming our system down, you know, and creating those neurotransmitters and pathways that help calm our nervous system down and kind of shift us into a much more parasympathetic state. So simple things that we don't realize if we're having carrots, you know, or having some sweet potatoes, if you're feeling like you need to feel grounded, literally like baking yourself a sweet potato and having that, like that can actually help regulate your system and put you in this place where you're feeling like less anxious, less stressed. So basically everybody in the past 20 months needs to be having more root vegetables because I think that there's been so much uncertainty and stress and feeling like we have been literally yanked up from what our, you know, previously, you know, I'm using air quotes, normal life um, was, I think that that's really, really, really powerful. So things like beets would be appropriate. Is it the, is it the red color that you're looking for? Yeah, red color, because think about like what's in it. There's um, betalane, psychopene, quercetin. I mean, there's all these um, um, anthocyanins, like there's so many great um, from a strictly physiological science, nutrient density level, um, benefits that these whole foods have. And from an energetic place, you're pulling them out from the earth. So they have like the, they hold the frequency of mother earth and that powerful grounding energy. So yeah, so anything that comes from the earth, you know, beets, um, carrots, because, you know, security really is obviously at your root chakra, but also your sacral, you know, your sacral is your second chakra. And that kind of, that governs our like reproductive system, our adrenals, our hormones, our emotions, um, you know, all that, the whole air, our kidneys, I mean, all of that is nourished equally with those same, those same type of foods. So, so things that are red, um, things that come from the dirt, uh, these are all great vegetables and fruits. So I can name off a whole bunch of them, but you know, like red bell peppers, you know, red cabbage, uh, strawberries, berries, um, so many things and citrus, you know, for, for say that, that sacral chakra and that vitamin C, we know how important vitamin C is not just for our immunity, but for our mental health as well. So there's so much. And then the other thing I would say is, the biophotons and the energy that these vegetables and fruits get from the sun as well is so important to have in our body. And it's just when you have that awareness, you're more inclined to reach for these things because you realize they hold more than what we were, you know, than what we give them credit for just because we forget, you know, and some people just don't know, but a lot of us do sort of know and we just forget how much is in that, you know, um, that orange, you know, it's not just vitamin C. There's so much more to it. I, I have to, um, pair it back to you. Cause one of the things that I have heard over and over again, um, from women in this past 18 months is changes in their menstrual cycle. So yes. they're seeing changes in their mm-hmm. hormonal balance. We're running much mm-hmm. more estrogen dominant. Yes. Progesterone is deficient. They're, mm-hmm. you know, 
they're inflamed, their breasts are angry, their stomachs are distended, their pain, their periods are much more painful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love that as well. Where do, um, I I would, I would imagine as well that seeds and nuts would also, because they come, is that Mm -hmm. part of the sacred, would those be foods that would be in the sacred? Yes, Yes, absolutely. You know, um, sacral is like the seeds, the nuts, dietary fats, um, healthy dietary fats, obviously clean dietary fats, um, yes. fermented foods, orange colored foods, tropical foods. Um, those are all, those would all fall into the category that would uh, nurture the sacral. Uh, and then there's this polarity too, you know, cause when you're talking about how um, just all these hormone imbalances, I think a lot of that has to do with our throat chakra, which we talked a little bit about in our pre-chat. Um, and that, that the throat chakra is, that's kind of governed, governed by the color blue ish. And, and that really is about our, that's about our voice, you know, our voice, our choice, our authority within ourselves. And, you know, and it's powerful because, and and there's, you know, obviously like different things that you can, you can eat with that as well. Like you can reach for blueberries or, you know, these are all like what I would say, empowering foods that soothe and nurture that. But what's interesting is so's kelp, you know, kelp is something like sea plants or something that you, you eat for that kind of throat shocker because of where it is in your body, you know, that is your thyroid, it's your throat, um, you know, foods that kind of support that physical part of your body, keeping it um, in flow, lubricated, so to speak. And something like say kelp has is high in iodine, which we know is so important for the thyroid, which you know, is important for our hormones and so many other things. And so, and so sometimes people don't realize that simple things like that, that they can do can actually nourish and support those areas at their energy centers while also nourishing and supporting those, those organs and those glands in their bodies. Yes. I was saying to you in the pre-chat, I had to actually reschedule. I was supposed to come on your Instagram. We were going to do a fun Instagram live. Yeah. And then I lost my voice. Yeah. And this is something that has like plagued me. I know I'm a podcast host, so you might think like that's, that's weird, but you know, I've always had, I, there is an energetic blockage. I know mm. with 100% certainty mm-hmm. in my throat. Anytime mm-hmm. I'm upset about something, if like the world feels overwhelming, it's mm-hmm. like, I get, you know, verklempt. I get, you know, I get very, there's a lot of achiness that happens kind of in my throat. I have a little bit in my heart, like heart chakra as well. I yeah. feel like pressure. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, Reiki and energy work is so powerful for, because then you, you, someone can go in there and like help you open up that chakra, um, open up the flow of energy. So when something gets, feels closed up, it, it is, you know, the, the chakra is probably blocked. Um, you know, it's the energy is not flowing. And so it, it feels dense, you know, it feels dense, thick, heavy. Um, and so someone who's an energy practitioner can go in there and they can help open up that chakra and make sure it's sort of like spinning in the right direction. And then you can support that process by staying well hydrated uh, because water helps energy flow. Our bodies are, you know, made up of over 70% water. The planet, you know, is made up of over 70% water. So it helps with the flow. Um, And then having certain foods to sort of support that chakra actually can help 
keep that open, keep that strong. And I think for a lot of women too, our solar plexus, you know, is, is an area that often feels, you know, sometimes it, it feels like your heart, it feels like right underneath your heart, like kind of like your diaphragm, it feels, you know, that's why sometimes we can feel bloated, you know, it's just like that governs our digestive system, you know, and our solar plexus is about personal power, balance, um, energy. Um, and so, and that's sort of like your digestive, your stomach, your small intestine. And so when you're not, you know, when you're not kind of in flow emotionally or energetically, it can result in you feeling like you're very bloated, you know, or there's, there's like something that's kind of like stuck and heavy and not moving here. And of course that can, it can relate to something that you ate a hundred percent. You may have had something that you're intolerant to, um, the timing of your food. I mean, there's so many physical factors. That's why I work with the physical as well. Um, but it's kind of finding that perfect mesh, you know, like, okay, here are the physical, here's the energetic. This is what you need to be having. You know, like this is what you can do to support yourself. This is how, what you can do to kind of clear that block there and feel lighter and balanced and empowered. I love that. And let's finish them off. I know we've talked about solar plexus, uh, heart, third eye, crown. Those are the major ones. Yeah. I think that we, yeah, those are the seven. So we have the root, the sacral, um, the solar plexus, the heart, uh, the throat, the third eye, and then the crown. Uh, and those are, those are your seven, there's more if you, if you're diving into spirituality, but, but those are your seven, um, major, you know, basic energy centers. And that's why I kind of just focus on that because I feel like that's enough, um, for the average person to focus on and they're governed by, you know, basically the spectrum of the rainbow. So if you're eating, if you make a, a conscious, like if you have a consciousness or just like mindfulness and an awareness about trying to really eat foods to cover the spectrum of the rainbow, not only are you getting that balance, you know, across the spectrum with all the different nutrients, um, but you're also, you're also hitting the balance across, you know, all the different chakras as well. This is where I think healthcare, uh, if if it is not already moving in this direction, needs to fast forward in this direction. Because mm. I think that this is where, you know, there there are so many examples of things that cannot be explained mechanistically. Um, right. I'll find the I'll find the studies, but there's there's um when you were talking about, you know, doing distal Reiki work, I remember mm -hmm. reading a study once um where they had people who prayed for terminally ill, you know, they had cancer, they had, you know, and they didn't know these patients didn't know that yeah. they were being prayed for. Mm -hmm. And so they divided them into two cohorts and the people that, um, were having, you know, they were being prayed for, mm -hmm. had measurable, like statistically significant improvements relative yeah. to the control group. Um, yes. So I'll see if I can dig that up. But it's, you know, that's, you know, that might be another form of, you know, praying or just Absolutely. holding someone's, you know, someone in your thoughts and trying to have a positive, you know, thinking about a positive outcome, for example, yeah. for them. I mean, that to me is like, that's, that's, that's Reiki, you know, like we have different names and titles or, and when I say this with the utmost respect for my masters, you know, and, and all practitioners, it's not that one is any less than the other, but prayer in itself is a, to me, it is a basic form of, of energy, you know, energy work. So you are, and, and if you think about Dr. Emoto and like what he did with the water and, right. you know, there's so much 
proof that what we can't see or touch is still so powerful, you know, and that's why our own thoughts are so powerful um, because there is an intention and energy that's being directed. And so, you know, I, I we were talking about the, the gratitude, you know, I'm grateful for me journal and a practice that I tell, you know, my clients and a lot of people in my community that I'm happy to share with you guys here now, because it's so simple. It's just, you know, if you have a gratitude practice already, right, it's just, you'll take it one step further. Um, and if you don't have one yet, you can start at any time. But let's say, you know, you do gratitude in the morning, right? You either journal or you just kind of go through in your head the way you want to start your day. These are the things you're grateful for, or you, or you say it out loud, you know, however you do it. I'd say just, you know, before you start your day, when you're doing that practice, just pick one or two things that you're grateful for, but I want you to just focus on it until you feel almost like a physiological response. So let's say you're thinking about someone that you love, you know, I love my partner, whoever, whatever it is, but I want you to focus on that person until you can feel their energy. You can smell their smell. You can feel the warmth of, of them, of their body. And they're not next to you right now because you're by yourself, right? And you can feel that. Let's just hold on to that for a second, right? So powerful. And now you've connected your emotional um, and your physiological. You have this physiological response. We're going to take that energy. And then we're going to go back. And when, as you go through your day, we're going to redirect that energy back into whatever you're putting into your body. So it could be your tea, your coffee, your food, whatever it is you're preparing. Something, and especially with food prep, if you're preparing for someone else, you know, that energy, just taking a moment because you're already doing it, taking a moment, connecting, because you can remember it, you did it, you took a moment and connecting to that energy, that feeling you have when you think of that person that you love or whatever it is. It could be, it could be your favorite food that you're going to have your special treat that you have on Fridays, whatever it is, connect to that feeling and you're going to send it back into that which you're preparing. That's, that's like, we call it, it's love energy, you know, it's universal energy. There's so many different things we call it. At the end of the day, it's, it's love, you know, it's universal energy and that's that secret recipe. So that's why when, you know, your, your mom gives you the recipe for your favorite dish that she's been making since you were two, um, it may not taste the same as when she makes it. It's because when she's in that process of preparation, that love she has, her energy of love for you goes into that food and you receive it. So it sounds silly almost and so simple, but I really encourage everyone to just try it because you're going to be doing this anyway. You're standing there, you're preparing your, your tea or coffee or your food, and you're gonna be drinking it and you're gonna be eating it or you're giving it to someone else to put back into their body. Just take that moment to just send that energy into it, that intention, and you will notice a difference. And on top of it, your body will shift too. Because whether or not you're running around or or you're not, or maybe you're in already in a in a relaxed state, it will definitely take that moment puts you in a parasympathetic state. So your so your digestive system is now open to receive, you know, you biochemically shift a little bit. So you will receive the food, the beverages, these nutrients differently than you would if you don't if you didn't just take that moment and put that energy back into the food. I love that. And you can also do that on the flip side as well. So right before you're mm -hmm. about to receive food, you can 100%. have, you know, if it's 
uh, I always yeah yeah, reverence for the food Mm -hmm. and you know the animal that gave up Mm -hmm. its life so that you can have you know if it's meat that you're chicken or whatever or the vegetables you know of course we know that vegetables have a certain energetic charge to them as well so just Mm -hmm. also looking at your food and you know I've talked about this on previous podcasts even just looking at your food Mm -hmm. and and giving thanks and giving reverence as you say also Mm -hmm. mechanically this is the cephalic phase of digestion so this is where we start to salivate a little bit Mm -hmm. and like we have more digestive juices available Mm -hmm. to assimilate the nutrients that are in the food as well hundred percent, you know, and it's just, it's just a, a really simple, beautiful practice, you know, that we can, we can add to our day that it doesn't, it doesn't cost us anything, you know, it doesn't really take any extra time and it's powerful and your body, your physical body, um, will show you the difference. This is, um, kind of, uh, we're merging into self-care territory and, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, we just got on this beautiful path of conversation and I figured we'll, yeah. we'll figure out a way to come back to it. But yeah. in, in your pursuit, so you are in culinary school and now mm. you're working and then you have this sort of health yeah. um, crisis. Um, how did you learn or maybe uh, what did you learn to help protect your energy? So we've been talking a lot about energy and energetic. Uh, maybe my question is more around energetic boundaries. Like how mm. have you learned how to say, okay, this is for me, this space uh, yes. here is for me. And then mm-hmm. the outside of this space is a no. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. And, uh, and really it's, it's taken years, you know, it's taken a lot of, uh, practice to sort of figure that out so and i'm an empath you know as well so it's and and i and i took me years to even know and realize that i was an empath so it's such i'm so glad you brought it up thank you it's such an important topic i think for all people it doesn't matter if you're empathic or not it's just how do we protect our energy right and what i do is i have like prayers you know i have like your affirmations your mantras your prayers are one of the most important things that you can do and you start your day with it i start my day thinking so i think my angels you know i have my daddy and 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 my grandparents you know and i have i have a couple um clients you know mentors that have passed on but beyond that it doesn't it's not about religion it's just whatever your belief is so it could be god or the universe or archangel michael or you know a loved one who's passed on like these are your guardian angels And it is just being very intentional about grounding myself into my own sovereign energy, like my own power, like remind. So the first thing is reminding yourself, like how powerful you are, right? You're impervious to other people's energies. It's like a super important thing to remind yourself of. And then asking for support. We've kind of come into an age where, and especially as women, I wanna really point that out. We don't ask for support even if it's right there, Mm -hmm. Um, we're uncomfortable with that. It's like somehow in our programming as a species, you know, Um, as a a gender. Yeah. And it just kind of layers, right. Depending on what your upbringing is like, your culture, everything. And I, I can attest to that from my own experience. And it's still something that I have to remind myself of that I have a community. I have, you know, people that I can ask for help and I don't always, but you can ask your angels for help, you know, and, and it's very different than asking for a favor from a friend or a help from someone else. So use that at least as your starting point in your practice. 
And I ask my guides, my angels, it's part of my practice every day before, like upon waking and at night when I go to sleep and sometimes in the middle of the day, I'll be at a traffic light, you know, stoplight and I'll just thank them again for creating this space around me. And when I say that, I visualize this space. I visualize a bubble. For me, it's either pink light or golden light or white light. And I visualize that I'm in this bubble. So it's almost like, you know, you're like, what are those... I don't know what those things are called, but I'm sure you guys have seen it's like a blow up thing and you're like walking in it. Like there is a, I don't know, as a comedian, but someone had this thing and he, it's like, he's walking in this bubble, you know, in this balloon and it's clear and you can see him and he can talk to you and he can hear you. You can hear him, but you can't touch him. So it's almost like that. That's that. That's what I visualize. Like this is your, this is your shield. You know, this is your protective force field that's around you. And um, it's a very powerful practice and to each their own, you know, you can decide like that your aura extends seven inches, 14 inches, two feet. It's just like whatever your comfort zone is and visualize and, and visualize that, you know, for some people, their aura, your aura can go, this glow goes out maybe a foot and you're good. If people come within a, you know, up to a foot, you're good. Some people need more distance. It's up to you, but just visualize that. And then I would say, if you start your day with a shower or you start, or you shower after you work out, whatever it is, when you shower, it is such a powerful visual practice to imagine that that light, that sorry, that that water is light that's coming down and that light is raining down. You can actually feel it. So for those of you that need tangibles, that water is now light and it's touching your body and it's cleansing everything that is not yours, you know, and, and anything that maybe is yours, but doesn't serve you. So whether they are thoughts or emotions or whatever it is, just visualize that this water that's raining down on you from the shower is light and it's cleansing everything away and cutting and releasing all those cords and attachments. And then it goes down to the drain. This is such a simple, simple, powerful practice that for whatever reason, has just taken me years in the evolution of my own spiritual journey to just fully lock in as just something that I just, I don't even, I don't think about. I just, it's a non-negotiable. I, I do it. And don't get me wrong. When you travel and you're going far distances, sometimes you might forget, but you can always close your eyes and visualize that. And that is literally all you need. And I would say most people don't do it or they forget. So that is the power of your mind, your energy, your visualization. If you walk around and it's not that you're keeping people out. You're just keeping what is your sovereign to you? You know, you're just creating a sacred space. It's not that you're blocking people out. The pink and the gold and the white, these are often uh, colors that are, uh, and you you might be more of a color expert than I, but it, they're often associated with the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. When we mm-hmm. think about, you know, this golden light, um, yeah. this pink and shimmery white um, that sort of bathes us, anoints us, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, there's like almost like a baptism that's happening every time yeah. in the shower. Uh, and also that cutting those energetic cords and allowing them um, to drain from you. And I think, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about women. Of course, my audience is, is, is more female, but I think that this is something that women, 
I always find myself encouraging Mm -hmm. to try to connect a little bit more with this softer energy, with this nourishing energy, because we are so, I mean, we live in more of a, you know, I'll call it a masculine driven, more patriarchal Mm -hmm. type of society where Mm -hmm. accolades and success and like, you know, the Middle Eastern, the Asian kind of Mm -hmm. like, you got to be the doctor, you know, and Mm -hmm. those things are all wonderful pursuits. Like we're not poo-pooing on that. I have letters behind my name. You've been to, mm-hmm. you know, the Cordon Bleu and you're, you know, one of the, you know, more premier chefs, uh, in the nutrition space. So we're not mm-hmm. saying these pursuits aren't important, but what I think I'm hearing you say mm-hmm. is that it's also the integration of the softness and the surrender yeah. and protecting the tenderness, you know, however far that, you know, that orb of light, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. however far that extends around you, that's up for you, uh, up to you to decide, mm-hmm. but also to cultivate that as well because we are yes. very we are very per, you know proficient in the yeah. masculine in the pursuit in the hunt but yes. in the slow and the surrender and the presence I think is where I, I would say everybody re- irrespective of chromosomal sex like you know mm-hmm. but I would say specifically to my women because these are the mm-hmm. these are the people that I see the most that struggle with this mm-hmm. um that we, we, we don't know how to slow down and we don't know how to say no Mm -hmm. to other people so that we can honor ourselves. It feels like we have to betray ourselves in order to, you know, serve other people, whoever, you know, whether that's children or the PTA or the career or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And, you know, it's something, and, and to be just really transparent, it's something that I still have to work on all the time. Um, it's just, it's in my, it's, it's in my nature, you know, it's in my nature to, to say yes and to help as much as possible. And I'm quite often told not to burn it at both ends and, you know, burn the candle both ends. And so it's, I'm, I'm in it with you guys. And, and that's why, that's why the power of practice and the power of these rituals and these routines is so important because it keeps you in that alignment. I mean, I'm a chef. It's, it's, especially when I started, it's a very, it's still a a male driven industry, you know, a kitchen is a locker room. And, and if you are not um, male and, and at least five, 10 and up and, you know, 180 pounds or whatever, like you, it's almost like you can't do the same work, you know? And so we have to work 10 times harder to show them that, yes, I can do it. I can do better than you. And now on top of that, you know, you have to listen to what I'm telling you, even though I'm shorter, lighter, and can't carry that pot as far as you can, doesn't matter, you know? So, so I think that, and, and just going through my journey, the most, the most powerful pivotal, pivotal moments in my life came from surrender. And that is rooted in, in the divine feminine, you know, like we forget that about ourselves. Like when you, when you give birth, you know, for all the mamas out there, like you are in surrender, you know, you are leaving it up to God at that point or your guides or your angels to get through this process in the most beautiful way, in the safest way. Like it's, you're a part of that, but it is, you know, it's beyond what we can experience or describe. And that's just one, that's just one instance of being female. Um, For me, 
when I went through my health journey, I mean, there were two moments that were, were really terrifying. You know, I had, when I was, when I was first diagnosed with MRSA, that kind of came from after two weeks of being very, very ill, it was not a good situation. Um, it, I mean, I was just really, I was just really, really blessed and, and guided by angels and protected, I think, by my dad, because it was, I, I was quite sick and it could have been much worse. Um, but as you say, I had had a surgery, thought I was going to be fine after two and a half weeks, went off to work in New York. It was an amazing opportunity with the client, didn't want to let anyone down, was so sick. I should have been hospitalized the entire time, showed up to set every single day, just did what I needed to do, crawled back to my trailer. Like it was, it was so hard. And I'm so lucky that even though I should have probably been in the hospital the entire time and didn't know that I waited until two and until the whole, you know, the whole, um, uh, the the trip was over until the project was over flew back and literally i went straight from with my luggage you know to go see my surgeon at that time who looked at me and like just f-bombed because it was just like oh F, like and just stuck an iv in me and good thing he chose the right medication at that time that was the beginning of my journey with MRSA. and after my fourth surgery i literally nearly died had a massive hematoma 12 days post-op, um, lost almost two liters of blood. And it was, it was this, it was this, um, and I'm so lucky, you know, to be alive. I'm so lucky that uh, I was blessed with, and, and it's just not just me, like we're all blessed with these moments. And sometimes we forget the divinity in those moments, especially when they're difficult or where they're challenging. But what came out of that, uh, situation was I'd lost so much blood. I, you know, I would like came out looking gray and, and, um, and, and disfigured, you know, at that time, because they just kind of had to open me up. I'm lucky that there was a surgeon that was willing to just take in this stranger and this, you know, he had a trauma unit. I, I had some clients that I called because I couldn't get a hold of my original surgeon and they happened to know the director at Cedars who happened to have a trauma center 10 blocks from my house. And on a Saturday, he came in, he called in his team. Everyone said, yes, no one knew who I was. I'm just this girl who's bleeding, you know, and bleeding, not even out, bleeding internally. Um, and he saved my life, but they just opened me up to try and stop this bleed from a stitch. Uh, and then after that, it was so much darkness, you know, so much darkness feeling like I know nutrition. I was as healthy as I could be. I know what to eat. I know what to do. I know all these things. And here I am and I can barely move, you know, and I can barely get to the bathroom and come back. And like, I can't work. Obviously I can't support myself. Can't work as a chef. Wasn't able to use the left side of my upper body for months and months. And it was sort of like, what am I going to do? And why is this happening? And you kind of go into that state, right? but it was surrender. It wasn't, it wasn't, all right, the masculine side, let's just do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and let's just problem solve. And let's just, it was the surrender. It was tapping into my feminine. And by the way, it is the feminine side of my body, the left side of my body that is wrangled and mangled and disfigured. 
So there's that also feeling like the feminine identity that I have is not there and is, you know, and it's, it was, it was the surrender of, okay, wait, this isn't, this isn't why I'm here. Like, this isn't why I'm, I'm forgetting. Why did I go to culinary school in the first place? Like, why am I a chef? Why do I even have this knowledge in the first place? And it was the remembrance of that in the surrender that, that allowed me to open up a different branch of my business, which was just the consulting. And then, and then to start to go into like more, you know, energy, spiritual work with a master, um, but being committed to that instead of, oh, there's a 911 call, I'm having a crisis, I'm going to call, you know, my healer. It was more like, no matter what, I'm talking to her every four weeks, you know, or three weeks. And that was really how culinary alchemy birth was like, I realized, oh, wait, there's this other element to all of this that it's, I've, I haven't synced up yet. And maybe this will help my body heal. And maybe this will help my emotional body heal. Um, but it was in that, it was in the surrender of that moment, which is, which is, that is, that is the feminine, you know, that's the power of the feminine to be able to do that. And then that is where everything started to come in. And, and it's not the only time I've surrendered, you know, cause we kind of go back into our cycle of, of going, 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 making sure everyone else is okay, taking care of everyone first. I can sleep more on the weekends, you know, all the things. And so what happens is when we push a little bit too much, our bodies force us to surrender again. You know, our, our bodies remind us like, wait, wait, you, I thought you learned this lesson. Oh, wait, you didn't, right? Okay, so here you go. And then here's another situation. And, and so surrender, I feel like it's just part of the journey and we'll continue to have those moments, but those moments are so powerful. And I think we often feel that we're at our weakest or our lowest or at our worst well, right before we embrace that surrender, but that is actually the one of the most, and it's not even one because you'll have many, but those are the most powerful moments in your life. And I believe that that is rooted in the feminine. I think I, I echo that. I think that's so beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing. I think that um, hitting rock bottom is one of the most powerful places that you can be mm -hmm. because it shows yeah. you who you are and what you're capable mm -hmm. of. And I think that there's, you know, uh, there's a certain dance that we have to do with darkness. We have to play with our, yeah. we have to like look at our shadows and look at mm -hmm. some of the things that we've been running so vehemently from or building mm -hmm. walls around um, that, as you said, your body infinitely always wiser than the algorithms that you can construct in yeah. your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about, you've mentioned culinary alchemy. Tell us a little bit about that. And if someone's listening um, to you and feels called to work with you, is there, tell us how we can find more about you, your programs, um, and how people can get in touch. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so thank you for that. Uh, so culinary alchemy, I've shared, you know, a little bit about it just during our chat, but that's, that's basically just my, um, this, sort of healing method, these programs that I've created that really does combine integrative and functional nutrition with what I call spiritual nutrition. So we're really looking at your physical body, you know, all, all your biomarkers, everything that's going on inside the physical body. And then we pair it with 
what's going on inside your energetic body, what's going on inside your soul body. And then how are we going to, by way of food, you know, food and supplements. And I do a lot of recommendations with other alternative modalities um, because it's very comprehensive. Um, how are we going to get you in full alignment if you're not um, heal anything that needs to heal or just optimize, you know, what you have. So, so that's basically what culinary alchemy is. And, you know, people can find more information on my website, which is actually being rebuilt. So I would say go to my website, but also go to my Instagram. So that's at chef Serena Poon and the handle is the same, I think across the board for all our, all the platforms, but Instagram is where I spend um, the most time and uh and the website and you'll be able to kind of get information on on everything that i do awesome all right well we'll make sure that these are all clickable links in the show notes if you're listening and you want to work more with serena we will have all the ways that you can find her and uh, i just want to i want to thank you for your presence today i know that um We've gone into a lot of uh, content that I think is so valuable for mm. so many and anybody who's listening. I think, you know, we can all, you know, one of the things I, I, I talk about is, you know, I, I want to live longer. I want to live a yeah. longer life. I want to increase my lifespan. I want to increase my health span. But if I'm not yeah. good energetically, if I'm not mm -hmm. good in my mind and my spiritual mm -hmm. self, like there's really no point living yeah. a long life if you're miserable it's like a special form of torture oh my goodness a hundred percent agreed and that's something that i i mean i it's it's i i'm like a holistic biohacker you know i'm really i have such an interest in life extension and age you know regenerative health and age reversal it's actually something that i i that would be a different conversation i could nerd out all day about that i just came from a mastermind with the most brilliant scientists on the planet about you know, the future of medicine, what they're already doing with age reversal. So, but that's all very, very much built into what I do, because as you say, there's no point in living, you know, adding 20 or 30 more years to your life if it's not healthy, you know, if you're not vibrant and energetic, you know, why not be 80, but feel like you're 40 um, and be able to do all the same things uh, so that you can really, you know, you are enjoying life until the moment you decide to transition. And it's your decision, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's what you chose and what you wanted and you had full, um, you know, that's, that's your, you know, sort of like your sovereign space. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight. I am really looking forward to the next time that we get to, uh, get to hang Yay. out and chat me and uh, we'll talk very, very soon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was really such a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. 